Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back. My name is Trent Malachik, and I'm joined today by Josh Bouchong and Dana Zook. Today, we wanted to talk a little bit about ourselves and where we come from. I think that's a very fitting time for this as we begin our podcast and, and get started with a few episodes here. And, and we wanted to introduce ourselves to you all. You know, we all come from different backgrounds, but there are a lot of similarities in how we grew up and, and the types of things that led us down this path to become extension professionals. And Dana probably has the most unique story to give us today. Uh, Josh and I are pretty similar in the way we were brought up. So I'll hand it over to Dana to kind of introduce herself and tell, tell you her story. Well, hi, I um, my name's Dana Zook. I am an area extension livestock specialist for Oklahoma State University. I uh, grew up in Nebraska near a little town called Ruskin, Nebraska. Uh, it's the south central kind of area of Nebraska, right on the Kansas-Nebraska border. Um, I grew up on a farm, small farm, very diverse. We had custom-fed hogs, uh, but we also had a small cow-calf herd, raised beans, corn, alfalfa, wheat way back in the day. Uh, but very diverse. Uh, later on, uh, when I was about... 15, we opened a greenhouse landscaping business from our farm. And so that's still in both of the farm and the uh, greenhouse landscaping business are still operational today. Um, I uh, got a degree at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln um, in animal science and then came to Oklahoma State for a master's degree uh, in ruminant nutrition, so feedlot nutrition. And so uh, I didn't think I would ever end up in the state of Oklahoma, but uh, met my husband uh, in Stillwater while I was getting my master's degree. And uh, so now I'm in Oklahoma, did a small stint um, in livestock nutrition consulting, and then kind of ended up, was lucky enough to get a job uh, with Extension as an area specialist. And here I am today, about six years in. All right. Well, that's not nearly all of you, so we'll get back to that. But that was a pretty good start. It's a start. start. So, Josh, tell us a little bit about where you're from and what led you down this path. Your story is a little bit longer. You've been working just a little bit longer than we have in extension. Yeah, probably just a few more years, but I uh, grew up on a farm in Weatherford, Oklahoma. Uh, so, western Oklahoma is where I called my home. Uh, came up to Stillwater a few weeks after I graduated high school. I was able to get a job with the small grains uh, wheat specialist or weed specialist, uh, mostly working on weeds and wheat. And then we started the Okanola project. So I kind of got my first taste of extension as undergrad and through grad school and the canola position I had since then. And then now as the area agronomist stationed out of Enid for OSU extension. So I've seen a lot of quite a few things over the years, but uh, what drives me to extension is always going to be that involvement with the Oklahoma farmer, trying to help them out. A lot of my time over the years getting out to those farms, seeing what concerns they have, issues they have, 
the biggest thing I take away is just the discussions. Uh, obviously, a lot of guys having hard times. I can relate, relate to growing up. Uh, we grew watermelons and peanuts and some other specialty crops. When I was real little, I remember my dad had a little bit of cotton as well, but uh, obviously with the way things went, peanut quotas and watermelon, price of labor and everything like that, we've had some hard times on our farm that kind of reduced acres over the years, obviously to the point where couldn't support uh, multiple family members. So off to school I went, uh, got my, started school actually as an ag engineer, uh, like I said, but I was working the summer before that with the small grains weed scientist, got a taste for crop research. And that really was my first hook. And then through grad school, got my master's in weed science and uh, obviously did a lot of work with wheat and canola through those years. Uh, made a lot of contacts throughout the US and the world as well. So really like where I'm at, love the crop research side of things, learning new things, new products, development. Uh, but how does that research get back to help the Oklahoma farmer? I like that tie in and that's why I'm here in an extension. Very good. Um, what about you, Trent? Well, what about me? <laughs> yeah, where, where do you fall in all this? Well, very similar story to both of you all, I suppose. Uh, I grew up on a farm southwest of Wacomas, Oklahoma, and so I fell closest from the tree compared to both of you guys. I didn't travel very far away at all. Uh, growing up, I did not like math very much, so it made sense to get my degree in ag econ. <laughs> I'm not sure why I did that. Uh, but whenever I got done with high school, I knew I wanted to go to OSU. My, both my brothers and my dad went to OSU, so that was always in my DNA to go there. And in, from the very beginning, I thought agribusiness would be where I would want to end up. At least it would be a pretty diverse degree, I thought, you know, and I'd be able to use it in different areas. I also minored in agronomy, which, you know, might hurt my home department a little bit, but I've kind of enjoyed my agronomy classes more than anything going through school. And then, you know, got done with undergrad and, and Dr. Burson decided that he wanted to bring me on as a master's student. And I thought that was a pretty good deal because the job market wasn't that great whenever I finished up with my undergrad. So I decided to go ahead and start a master's and had a master's in ag econ and was lucky enough that Dr. Jones, who had this job before me, was able to get a job on campus and this position came open in Enid and I was able to step right in uh, almost immediately after graduating from college. So I've got a pretty good production background. I still operate a small farm near south of Enid, but uh, that's probably where I draw most of my experience from. Uh, and, you know, speaking of experience and what we like to talk about, I'd kind of like to move into that just a little bit as and and talk to like dana what what is your favorite thing to work on an extension what would be your kind of your area of expertise well i would say i would say i'm trained in nutrition um really all livestock nutrition though beef nutrition is probably the focus um and i enjoy that i really you know kind of miss that from my livestock consulting days um so i do enjoy that part but you know, management, anywhere we can make a really effective change, an easy change for a producer, that's probably what I like. Um, the livestock entomology area is a, is, is a cool area to focus in because some of those changes you make for producers, they can really make effective change for them, effective, positive 
uh, a change. So um, those are kind of some areas that I like. Um, you know, anytime I get to work with a producer one-on-one, um, that's really what I enjoy. So that's what, that's one of the things, but we'll figure more out. I'll talk a little bit more about some more stuff later. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there, though. It's kind of, we come into this job and we have to do big meetings and we have to talk to people on, on a pretty common basis uh, with PowerPoint and, and large meetings, whether it's 20 or 30 people. But I think I get more enjoyment out of the, the one-on-one consultations. It's a little more intimate and you get to you, you get to see how, how your assistance is played out on a producer's farm, kind of giving general education. You never know really how they use it and it kind of, they may go home and they may use what you said and they may not. So it's kind of more fun for me as well to talk with individual producers. Josh, how yeah. do you, uh, what do you look at an extension as being your kind of go-to what you really enjoy? Well, uh, obviously being an agronomist, you gotta be kind of a jack of all trades. Just like Dana was mentioning, there's a lot of different facets or aspects to it. And you gotta, just like a farmer, wear all those hats uh, from being a little bit, soil fertility specialist, a weed scientist, entomologist, pathologist, meteorologist, economist at some point. Uh, but obviously taking those, that sound data we got, putting it in a way that's going to help the farmer uh, on his operation, uh, instead of worrying about some of the smaller things, uh, kind of the philosophy is pick up the big rocks first. So uh, know where that farmer needs to put his resources to get the most bang for his buck, seeing that impact his operation his or her operation has best been my uh, reason why i wake up in, in the morning and go to work so uh, what brings you what drives you for extension Trent? i like uh, chart analysis price analysis uh, that's probably one of my favorite things to do i get on barchart.com and i put the moving averages on there and I put my trend lines and I start kind of trying to chart where prices are going to go and rare, very rarely uh, trade based on that information. But and from the other side of it, I mean, that's usually what you think about whenever you look at technical analysis and that's not really my goal. Uh, you know, we have a lot of extension professionals either in our department or across the country that work a lot in fundamental analysis, which would be looking at you know, how is the wheat crop size or how is the corn crop size going to affect prices or what is weather going to do to prices? And and not as many people really focus on the technical side. We're charting and and trying to look at your uh, some of your indicators on the charts will move prices. So I do some of that and I kind of found a niche with that. I also like to work with crop uh, or crop insurance and policy. I spend a fair amount of time in my education on those two topics mostly because it's easy for me to tie that back to my own farm. It's stuff I work on. Of course, crop budgeting is something I work on quite a bit. And it's just anything that I think about on a day-to-day -day basis, I like to teach about because I'm thinking about it quite often. And, and it's easier for me to have a general conversation with someone as opposed to just relying so much on someone else's research or, or something like that, which you know, it makes it pretty simple stuff at times. It, it's not really groundbreaking information, but I think it relates well to producers, at least it has with me in the past. And that's kind of what really drives me in extension, what I like to do whenever I come to work. Well, Dana, kind of continuing on some of this and uh, where we're at and what we like to do. What do you see yourself uh, moving into any new projects in the future or uh, any new kind of your own research areas that you would like to explore as, as we go forward in our careers? 
Yeah. So I think there's a really um, great opportunity um, in the beef industry to look at the health side a little bit more specifically. So um, I'm very much involved in the OQBN program, which is Oklahoma Beef Quality Network, Oklahoma Quality Beef Network. That's what it is. And so um, I look at, you know, vaccination protocols and weaning times and see how I mean, we do, we promote that for producers, that program for producers to increase their weaning time, um, add some vaccination protocols to increase the value of their calf crop. And so um, there's a lot of research to be had out there to be done, um, a lot of, you know, analysis to be done on how really that can improve over time, how can that positively affect producers. And so while I probably won't do a lot of that specific research, I think that there's a lot to be said about educating um, producers and the industry more on how health really benefits, improved health would be benefit the beef industry. So that's kind of one of my facets though. Uh, right now, I guess I'm diving into the backyard poultry thing. Um, it's a big focus for me right now. So, you know, just like Josh said, our we wear many hats and just because you're a livestock specialist doesn't mean you focus on beef only. We got all livestock, and some people may not consider chickens livestock, but I guess that's that's part uh, a, a big part of my job. So um, those are some things I've been getting into lately, though. Um, there's a whole lot more, always, right? I think as extension professionals, we have to think about what our clientele base really is, and and that's something that we've prided ourselves on helping production ag and and really being kind of the behind the scenes driving force of some of those decisions that big scale agriculture is making. But sometimes the best mileage we get is with the homeowner, with uh, some of the smaller producers. They're the ones that need some more one-on-one help and, and maybe not, maybe they haven't farmed in their life. Maybe this is all new to them. And that's kind of a new segment that we as extension are really kind of trying to branch out into and, and assist those individuals uh, so it's not like you have to be a thousand acre farm to get help from extension you can you can have a garden in your backyard and, and we're here to help so it's kind of something when i first came into this job and kind of my ideas about what i would be doing aren't necessarily where i've ended up which is great you mm-hmm. know i like like diversity we like helping lots of different people and that's kind of been one of my observations you know josh you have anything looking at out in the future um I know you have a few uh, smaller crops that have come on board recently, but is there anything else that you would like to work on yourself? Or, or? Uh, Obviously, trying to get that feedback from the farmers, what they're looking at as far as new crops like you kind of led me into. Obviously, hemp has been a big hot topic last few years, uh, but a lot of it's, I know we kind of go past a lot of it, but some of it's just the basics of agronomy. Uh, sometimes I get pretty good fulfillment helping guys tweak small things that can make big impacts on their operation that often get overlooked. Uh, some things as simple as planting depth or planting date, planting around a rainfall, row spacing, uh, crop rotations is a big avenue that I'd like to explore more because guys are starting to be more adamant of incorporating cover crops and other summer crops into their wheat rotations up here. So see how all those pieces fit together. Uh, but. Like I said, some of it's as simple as the simple agronomy aspects of it. Uh, seeing those big payoffs, you know, simple soil test and correcting the pH 
can go a long ways for a different resource other than spending money on micros or uh, upper fertility and everything like that where simple thing could be the solution. Yeah, that's definitely something that kind of hits home with me when either when I'm thinking about my own farm or if I'm or my in my job and what I'm trying to help people. Like when I started off in this job, it was pretty much you put a crop budget up on the, the slide and you slap a rule on the desk and say you paid too much for that input and you didn't get enough money for your output and, and just harping on costs and spending too much money. And and really we've kind of tried to shift gears away from that and encourage people to spend more money on things that will help. And and that's usually it's fertility. And and you'll see that, you know, the top profit third of, of managers tend to spend the most money on fertility, the least amount of money on land and, and things like that. So it's it's really about taking we know it's gonna cost X amount of dollars to produce a crop. It's where you spend those dollars that really matters. Yeah. And and that's kind of where I've tried to push some of my uh, education thrust and and try to be a little more positive, I guess, instead of being the the negative naysayer that says, oh, prices are bad or the inputs are too high. You know, what can we do as managers to, to improve our operations and to get better? Well, that kind of gets pretty close to the end of our time together, guys. You have any final comments you would like to make or kind of last words of wisdom? No, I'm just excited to uh, go forward with this. I'm glad you got to inter- uh, meet us all. I think you'll find that our audience will kind of uh, get to know us a little better as we go on in further episodes. Oh, I imagine, yeah. That's, a lot more will come out as we mm-hmm. as we move through <laughs> all of this. Any yeah. last comments, Josh? Uh, like I said, we always love the feedback. Either email, call, or hit us up on our socials. We got a Facebook and Twitter accounts, so um, obviously it's not a one-way street. We want that interaction, that communication uh, with our clients and constituents. So, yep. uh, And we'll have some of that information in the description uh, of the podcast, so go ahead and check that out. And we always want to remind you to reach out to your local county extension educator. We have county county office in all 77 counties, so please always seek out those individuals and and seek their expertise if any of our conversations spark an interest. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.